Welcome to this bonus episode of the Empowering Ability Podcast. You are listening to the Empowering Ability Podcast and making expectations for what is possible for people with developmental disabilities. Here is your host, my brother, Elba. Hey there, thanks for joining Today, I bring you this bonus episode from a video I recorded uh, to help bring you additional insights and learning on how to create the best life for your loved one with a developmental or intellectual disability, an elevated life, and helping us to elevate expectations for people with developmental or intellectual disabilities. And in this lesson, uh, I might have been using a whiteboard or referring to a drawing or a graphic that you will not be able to see in this audio. Uh, so if you hear that, uh, that is why, because it's shot in video. But nonetheless, I think there's still a lot of value that you can get from this lesson. So in this lesson, I really work to answer the question of who will care for a loved one with a disability when we no longer can. And really, it's all about how to create more and deeper relationships. So here we go. Hey there, I'm Eric Gall. And like you, I have a loved one, a family member with a disability. Uh, I have a sibling, Sarah, and she has a um, intellectual and physical disability. And I'm here to share with you a vision that I have for people with intellectual or developmental disabilities and our families. And really just for too long, people with intellectual and developmental disabilities have been existing at the margins of society. And I use the words existing because that's simply what they've been doing, existing. They haven't really been living. They don't have access to the same opportunities, to the same good things in life that I have access to, that you have access to, to the access uh, that many people in our society have access to. And I know that I can do better. I know that you can do better. And I know that we can do better. My vision is for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to become valued members of society or more people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to become um, valued members of society. Uh, to have really strong relationships, to have opportunities to contribute their skills and their gifts that they have, to find the things that they really enjoy, the things they enjoy doing, and to be able to participate in those in the everyday, ordinary places in our communities. And we're going to make this happen, but it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take all of us to do the, the thinking and to take the action to make it happen. And we really have to take action. We have to take action in small steps to start to get us there along this path. And for us to get there, we need to raise, elevate 
our expectations for what is possible for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I know you want this for your family, for your loved one. And I know this because families have told me so. I asked the question, what do you absolutely need to learn in the upcoming Empowering Ability Academy? And the answers that I got back really helped me understand exactly what families need to learn how to do and how to do better and continue their learning journey on. And it was very clear that we need to learn how to help our loved ones with intellectual and developmental disabilities to build new relationships and deepen their relationships. And I'm going to talk more to how to do that in this video. Um, we also, you also want to know how to create a home for your loved one. You want to know how to support them in living the life that they want to live in a way that they're not as reliant on you as they are now. And you also want to know how to create a meaningful life uh, for your loved one. Um, and a really big question that you want answered is how to ensure that other people are going to be there when you can't be. So really to sum all of that up, we want our loved one to live a happy life, a full life, and a life that isn't reliant on us uh, forever, right? Realizing that it's going to take some time to help create uh, that life, this, this vision of that life that I'm, that I'm talking about to be able to live into that. And I wish this for all of your families and, and I wish this for my family as well. And we can make this transformation happen. So I want to share a little bit more about who I am and, and my family before we get into talking more about how to build um, and how to deepen relationships. So I want to start off telling you about my family. So uh, my sister Sarah, she's a few years older than I am, really followed that typical path that many people do. Graduated from high school at 21, right into my parents' basement. And she stayed there for about 13 years. And it was really difficult, a uh, difficult time and difficult to watch as I reflect back on that. And my family didn't really know that there were other options. And there are other options, in case you're wondering. When I reflect back on it, my sister was lonely. She was isolated. She got out of my parents' house maybe once a week um, for some social interaction. She was isolated and lonely. And that's a difficult um, journey to travel. And near the end of those 13 years, the tension really started to build within my family until we got to a crisis point and it cracked and something had to change. Something had to happen. And I looked at the role that I was playing and realized that I could help to, to be a, a coach for my sister and a coach for my mom and helping them to create their vision of a, what a different life could look like, what a different path could look like for themselves. And then we worked on that also as um, a family unit. And fast forward to today, uh, my sister, as of six months ago, moved out of my family uh, or our family home and has a home of her own and the growth trajectory that she's been on has been incredible and she's much happier she has been able to 
connect more with the people that she wants to connect with and do more of the things that she wants to do, has much more control in her home environment. And that reliance or codependency that my mom and my sister have had has started to tease itself apart, which has been a challenge, but has been so beneficial for my mom, my mom and my sister and will continue to be so in the long term. My sister also has gained more control over her finances, over communicating with who she wants to communicate with, with her cell phone. Um, and she has her own support team that helps her to, to manage uh, her needs, to help her with the things that she might not be able to do because of her physical disability. However, she's now had the opportunity to experience life and the everyday things in life, like, you know, getting up in the morning and making meals and doing the laundry uh, and, you know, cleaning the kitchen, doing those sorts of things uh, in a well-supported manner with her support, doing things with her rather than for her. And it's just been incredible to see the capability that my sister has. And the capabilities of people with disabilities is just way too low because the expectations that we place on them are too low. So we need to elevate those expectations. And I've seen what can happen when we do that. So going through this you know, journey with my family really got me to thinking of how much it meant to me and how purposeful that was. And also reflecting on how other families are going through this similar experience. So I've shifted my uh, profession and my craft to support other families on this journey that want to create a, that awesome life for themselves and that good life for themselves. And right now I work with seven families, helping them, uh, helping young adults move out of their family home into a home of their own to also contribute in the ways that they want to contribute in the community to engage in their community, to explore their interests, and to build relationships in ordinary, typical community settings. And I've really been able to do that from the deep learning that I've been doing the last four years. And a key to that learning has been the Empowering Ability podcast that I host. It's given me access to interview 50 global leaders on intellectual and developmental disability. And I've been able to share those insights through my podcast, but also through my work with the families that I work with. And I'm able to bring these insights to you through the video content and through the podcast as well. So today I want to dive into um, what I've learned around relationships. And I want to share that with you so you can benefit from it. So the first piece around relationships that I want to share comes from uh, a man named Al Condalusi. And Al worked in the disability field uh, or worked with families that um, have a loved one with a disability for over 40 years and really went deep into the concept of social capital, simply relationships. And Al shares there's this theory of 150. The typical person has 150 relationships in their life, 150 people that they stay connected with. When they looked at the relationships and the connections that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities have, that number dropped to 25 
only one-sixth of the number of connections, number of relationships that a typical person would have, a drastic, drastic decrease. Why is this so important? There's a Harvard study that looked at 75 years of data to determine the key factors to happiness. What did they find? The number one contributor, number one contributor to happiness is relationships. No questions asked, relationships. And why is that? Well, it's really due to how we evolved. We evolved as a tribal species. We survived together in tribes. And we collaborated together to collect resources, to collect food, to build shelter, and it was more efficient to do that. And because of that, we developed social bonds and developed these neural pathways and connections that reward that social cooperation, that social behavior. We have these chemicals called dopamine and oxytocin, which are released when we're in relationship and when we're connected to people and they make us feel good. They make us feel happy. So that's why relationships are so important. Okay, so we've established that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities have fewer relationships. Relationships are the key to happiness. Now, the question is, how do we help, how do we support individuals to build more relationships? And how do we support people to build deeper relationships? So I want to draw this out for you. So uh, this is a relationship map. And the um, idea around this relationship map, map comes from uh, a woman named Judith Snow. So I'm going to simplify this a little bit just for our purposes today. So I'm going to draw three circles here. And I want to start with a small little circle in the middle. So this is where our intimate relationships are. And this is going to be a relationship map for a person with an intellectual or developmental disability. Now, people with intellectual or developmental disabilities typically have fewer intimate relationships as well. Typically, they don't have a partner, a romantic partner, and typically less best friends as well. So Hopefully there's a, a parent that they have that's in that intimate relationship. They might have a, a sibling or a cousin or another family member, but something like one to three or one to four people in that intimate relationship circle, which is fewer than what a typical um, person would have. This next circle is friendships. So if they're fortunate, they might have you know four or five friendships. And then this next circle here is where we have our acquaintances or we have this is where we kind of participate in our community and we have connections people we know so it could be someone on our sports team it could be uh, a neighbor or someone down the street it could be uh, the teller that we always see at the bank um, so these are uh, this maps out these 25 connection points that people with disabilities have, right? So only one-sixth of a typical person. Now, how do we bring people in? So how do we increase the number of relationships? And I'm going to tell you that's through common ground, which is interest. If we share the same interest, it gives us an opportunity to connect and to build relationships. So interest. Interest. Okay, so if we have a person out here, we don't know them, but they have a common interest, we have an opportunity 
to move them into this acquaintance or participation uh, circle, right? So that's how we move people in. Now, how do we move someone from an acquaintance to a friend? That's time, right? We need to spend time with people for them to move from this outer ring, acquaintanceship ring, into the friendship ring. And then again, how do we move from a friend to an intimate relationship? Time, right? And when we talk about time, it might take months to go from an acquaintance to a friend, but it might take years to go from a friend to an intimate relationship. So this time factor being very important. Now I want to give you an example of how to do this because this has really just been theory so far. Now, how do you go about actually doing this out in the world? Now, I'm going to give you an example, right? Uh, so we're going to start with interests. So whatever interest your loved one has. So it could be anything. It could be hockey. It could be dance. It could be painting. It could be wood carving. It could be anything that interests them. Books. Now, you're going to take that interest and I want you to think about all the typical places in community people experience that interest. So let's do a little, um, let's go deeper on the interest of hockey. So where does hockey happen in our community? So it would happen at the local hockey rink. You could play ice hockey or you could watch the local hockey team. You could play ball hockey. You could play street hockey. Uh, you could trade hockey cards. You could watch the your favorite professional hockey team at the local bar. You could go to the local uh, sporting goods store where they sell hockey equipment. So there's many different uh, examples of where you can experience hockey and there's many more. So that's just to kind of get us started. So you want to think about all the typical places that uh, that interest occurs in your community. And then that could create the opportunity to connect with other people that, that like that interest. So if you go to the hockey arena to watch the local hockey team play, there's other people that enjoy watching that type of thing. So you have the opportunity to connect with other people that enjoy the same interest. Now, we need to consider time. So when, I, when thinking about time here, we need to connect, we need to have the opportunity to connect with people frequently. So I want you to think about those opportunities that you listed out and think about which ones can I go to frequently? Which ones can I go to every week? And do I have the opportunity to see the same people every week? Because it takes months or years of spending time with someone to become a friend. And it takes years to become an intimate relationship. So you need to think about it in terms of frequency and opportunity to connect with those same people. So just a short little lesson on these insights that I've collected um, over time on relationships and the, the piece around exploring interests and common interests in community and spending time doing those comes from a friend and mentor, Janet Cleese. And she also talks a lot about the supporter role, right? So how to leverage your support to do this. And this is investing support. Right? This is a good investment of support dollars uh, and hours and time. So you want to think of your supporter as 
a, a bridge to relationship, not the relationship, right? So that supporter is helping you to make the connection with a person out here and bring them into that acquaintanceship and then further deepen that to bring them into the friendship. And that's a really magical role that, is, that the supporter can play to help bridge and make that connection, right? And do that gently and kind of sit back and do that and not need to be in the forefront. And I just wanted to bring that to your attention because that's another important piece of how to make this happen and the supporter not being the friend um, because supporters come and go we all know that supporters come and go um, however if you can make make that uh, acquaintanceship and then that friendship that's lasting because that's not dependent on funding so I wanted to bring that to your attention as well and uh, I hope that, that that was useful I think one of the things that I often hear is yeah but eric but we don't have the the money or the support funding to to do this we don't have the support dollars what i would what i always suggest is you know you don't have to redo your whole support plan it's how can you carve off you know an hour a week or how can you carve off two or four hours a week to invest in this strategy to build relationships but also explore interests right so this is something you're having a good time doing so just how can you take a little bit um, of support on a weekly basis and invest it in this? And it'll be well worth the investment, I promise, but you have to invest in it long term. It can't just be for a couple weeks. We're talking you know, six months, a year, two years, five years. That's the type of investment, um, a, a small weekly investment in this uh, type of process. So um, I hope this lesson was useful. Now, as we wrap up this podcast episode, I want to ask you one quick favor. I want to ask you to sign up and subscribe to the Empowering Ability podcast on your smartphone. So whether you have an Apple or an Android phone, you can do this. So if you have an Apple phone, it's just the podcast icon, the purple icon on your phone. Click on that and then type in empowering ability in the search empowering ability in the search and if you're on android any podcast app that you use it could be spotify or it could be podbean or it could be stitcher whatever podcast app you're using just go to your podcast app and type in empowering ability and hit subscribe and new episodes will go directly to your phone so this helps in terms of me getting you new episodes um, and it helps to grow the it helps to grow empowering abilities so if you could stop what you're doing and go to your podcast app type in empowering ability and hit subscribe that would be incredible uh, i also want to remind you that you can subscribe this is a different kind of subscribe subscribe to empowering ability by going to the website empoweringability.org and contributing your hard-earned dollars towards the development of new content new episodes new blogs and the new paid content that is coming you will get access to that by subscribing now and you can select the level of subscription that you would like to uh, move forward with so that's totally up to you what you would like to pay but it's a huge benefit towards um, the development of this work the continuation of this work and it's also investment an investment 
in yourself. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Uh, if you like this episode and you think you know someone that would benefit, please share it with them. Uh, be a part of the change to think differently about disability.